This is the Health Witch Podcast, where we will explore one tarot card of the day, a beauty recipe, a herb of the day, how we use it, how we enjoy it, and how we appreciate its magic, and which in practice, how it relates to health, and ending with a historical note to honor witches, healers, and women of past. Instead of pulling a tarot card today, I am pulling a card from the Spells deck by Kat Gabriel. And I think this card really corresponds to the interview that I am so excited to share with all of you today. And this is a card for the Uncrossing, or a rite of purification and renewal. So an Uncrossing rite is for cleansing, cleansing the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical blocks that we might be experiencing. So during the waning moon... Or I'll be honest with you, you know, cleansing rites and rituals should be done on the regular and should be, at least I incorporate them as part of my, or what my necessary routine rituals are. So drying a bath, adding sea salt, and again, this might be a luxury to have a bath. If you don't, you can make a, a foot bath of sorts, or even take this water and pour it over your shoulders in the shower, but use a combination of hyssop lavender, rue, vervain, St. John's wort, or sage. As you bathe, imagine your body and psyche releasing all the impurities. Visualize obstacles dissolving as the water drains. After the bath, walk throughout your home, burning any of the aforementioned herbs. Cast a circle and carve your name in a cross into a white candle. Dress the candle with olive oil and light it. Ask for all negative energy to be released and send down to Mother Earth. Let the candle burn until extinguished. For the herb of the day, I'd like to focus on hyssop. This is a sacred cleansing herb. So yes, there are more cleansing herbs to use besides sage. My other favorite cleansing herb is vervain, which I'm sure many of you who have listened to the podcast or know anything about me is I love vervain. It is such a plant ally. The hyssop has noted to be a long-standing historical cleansing herb amongst the Hebrews, the ancient Greeks, among other cultures, but also among herbalists. It's a very, it has many different medicinal properties. So it really is antispasmodic, um, really you can use it as a digestive, it's a tonic, it's sedative, uh, it just, it's antiseptic. It has so many different properties that make this plant so useful. Um, and many herbalists even use it for, uh, or people in the home use it for sore throats. You can even use it in skincare for cuts and bruises and bringing down any kind of inflammation. Um, of course, always speak to your healthcare providers before ingesting any of these herbs because they are potent, but it's also used in the treatment of lowering blood pressure um, or you know other kind of issues regarding your blood pressure. A general tonic for circulation. It can also be used if, say, someone is, you know, to bring on menstrual bleeding and it helps with digestion. So, of course, if you just, your digestion is kind of in the funk, this is is a good herb to use. It also helps relieve um, a little bit of cramping. Again, it's not a my go-to herb for cramping, but if in conjunction with these other health issues that you're experiencing... Um, you can use it just to kind of, you know, help you out there. It could also be used for stress or anxiety related problems and really relieving fatigue and increasing alertness. So awareness, this is, so this makes it a pretty good herb. If you're looking for something with stress management or if you're at work and you still need to be alert, you still need to be on your game. This might be a good herb to consider, but everybody's different here. Um, you also see it quite commonly as an essential oil. If you do make an essential oil, I have made a couple different concoctions just to, in my diffuser for just calming down and easing the mind. I'll mix it with a couple drops of lavender, and it really is just a beautiful combination. And if you don't have a diffuser, you can simply take a bowl of hot water, put a couple drops in there, and put a towel over your head and just kind of steam your face and take all that those potent aroma medicinal properties in. I'm 
going on now is the summer blowout sale for HW Apothecary. As you probably already know, most of the events, workshops, even herbal fairs have been canceled due to the coronavirus. However, I had stockpiled so many products to get out to all of you during these events that now I am left with so many products I don't know what to do with. So please go check out HW Apothecary at healthwitch.org and take advantage of the sales. Today I am interviewing Dr. Candace Nadine Breen. She is from Barrington, Rhode Island and has taught English for numerous years. She has also earned her master's in human services with a focus on marriage and family counseling and a doctorate in the metaphysics. So currently she is a spiritual minister um, whose background is West African, her descent, and we'll be talking a little bit more about her cultural practices as well as what it means to be spiritually healthy. All right, welcome Candice Breen. I am so happy to have you here for the Health Witch podcast. If you could take a couple minutes maybe to introduce yourself, that would be great. Well, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. So um, I consider myself three things. I say I'm an artist, a um, author, and a witch, which you know I also term as mystic. I, um, I spent 11 years as a public school teacher, and I taught English, and I did the after-school drama club. And it was satisfying, although I felt that there was, um, there was some emptiness, that I was missing something. Something was missing. And I, even though the money was great because it was in city, inner city school and I had a career and the, I had benefits, I still felt empty. And when I went home at night, I just, I felt I was not able to be true to who I was, to who I am. So that prevented me from, from doing, what well, I, I tried different things. I tried to see where I could fit in in society. And I became, I went, tested all different types of religious practices and things like that. And I ended up right back where I was when I was a child, back to uh, the paganism. And then I just said, I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. So I developed my, my talents and my gifts, utilized them as well. Also medium since I was a kid. And I channel as well, same thing. I was that since I was a, a child. But I, I, all of this, all of this became so much. I, I just wondered, all right, I have to tone it down just a little bit so I know what I'm gonna work on. And that was my being an author, being an artist. And I say mystic, which encompasses all of my, my other pieces, the psychic pieces, the witchcraft, uh, paganism, shamanism, all those that I, I have done and that are part of me since childhood. So that's sort of it in a long-winded <laughs> way. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you've already kind of touched on a little bit here, but you consider yourself a witch. So what does that look like for you? And what does that really, I guess dive a little bit deeper into what that really means for you. Yes. So, yes, I do consider myself a witch. Um, to me, a witch, I'm a witch who happens to be pagan. You know, not all, not all pagans are witches, as we know. And I consider this a nice blend because I'm, as I am, I, I have respect for my natural surroundings. Also, I think that being a witch means the ability to communicate with nature and your, your surroundings because you utilize what's there way back in the in the day there were no stores to go to so you could um or community buildings to go to to do your practice or to get materials you just utilize what was around you so that's a cat right there by the way it's one of my cats he likes to sit with me a lot very cute <laughs> and not all witches have cats either but i happen to have two <laughs> Very cute. Also, um, I think that being a witch is a ability, to, uh, we create change, the ability to create change via magic rather than complain about situations. We don't complain, we make change. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So we have the ability to manipulate and direct and utilize the an energy and sort of channel that energy into our spells and to make change. Another good, another important part of being a witch is uh, giving, always giving gratitude to the, the universe and our natural surroundings. Always learning and always communicating with earth, nature, spirit, gods, goddesses. It's important to have the communication because they help us, you know, ancestors, they, they help us and we use that energy in our work um, to promote health with spell, with spell work, you know, come up with medicines uh, using what we have around us, herbs. If you go for a walk in the forest and you pick some things that you can use in your, in your practice or in medicinal purposes, so be it. And um, it is also, you know, not making things too complicated, practicing in whatever way works best for you. <laughs> That's, yeah. you know, you don't have to get too technical. But I mean, again, thinking about a lot, I always refer to our ancestors and to people long, long ago and how they, how they practiced and what they had. And there wasn't, there weren't stores. Uh, there, you know, you couldn't go online to Amazon and order stuff or to some occult, another occult neighborhood, occult store or shop. So, uh, you know, you practice, you, you make your practice work for you. You don't have to copy someone else's. Just use your own creativity. And that's a big part of it. Creativity to make it work for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, and I've mentioned this before to you, I am just so fascinated the way people spend their days and just the culture, their background, just everything, how they structure their day. Again, we're all given the same amount of time every day. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some people need a little guidance too. Just like, how should I spend my time? What does the daily practice of a witch look like or a healer or um, any kind of educator in general or just, you know, family members? How do we structure our day? How do we make it more meaningful? So I like to spend right. a couple minutes here to see, you know, just explain to us how you spend your day. Well, that's a question. <laughs> um, most of the time, I don't really um, know that I am, you know, using my magic throughout my day. Um, because I'm, it's, you know, I actually have to think about it. What? How am I going to use magic to uh, purposely and and with intent, with intent? So, you know, to me, magic is about energy and intent. So I always start my day with drumming. I have an African talking drum that I use. It's one of my favorite drums that I have. I have several, and this is my favorite one. Nice. And I use it, I use it to communicate because that's what it, that's what it was for. Anyway, it was for communication. Um, you know, villagers would be able to, I hope that's not to break. Villagers would be able to communicate um, with this uh, drum. And so to me, I, I use this drum to cu- communi- communicate my intent for the day to the universe. And um, I also use it to center myself. Um, and with it, I still manipulate the energy, manipulate energy to help me focus my own energy um, that I'm going to use throughout the day. So I have to, I set my day with an intent. One one way I'm going to um, be productive in terms of my practice throughout the day. And, you know, I I always go for my nature walk. I did that this morning. We're fortunate with that. um, I mean, we have a wooded property, but I like to just go outside of it and go through walk through the woods. There's a, a nice little foresty place that is a is a state uh, state park, and I just I walk through it every I go through it for my nature walk, which um, is another use of my energy. And I use I while I'm walking, I have a walking meditation. And not just sit there and chant or go home or whatever. Although if, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I take in the sounds. 
the energy of the trees, the birds, any other wildlife. I allow it to sort of permeate my being to become me. I want to take that, that energy that is around me and sort of cloak myself in it. Mm. Um, I breathe in this energy. It's, and that's my fuel for the day. It, 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 it's, um, it's like my fuel to stop my day. It helps me get excited about the day. Um, it's like my caffeine. Sure. You know, <laughs> yeah, and that is, you know, in, in many different cultures, we call it forest bathing. It, it really is so therapeutic. Yeah, and it is, it is so important that we, try, that we try to take that energy and incorporate it into, into our day into our day. Um, and I also, while I'm out walking, I reflect, I would communicate with my guides. I have some light problems, I'm sorry. I reflect, okay. I communicate with my guides, um, my nature spirits, etc. And this is a, an interesting thing, but I like to, I like to um, collect lichen, old man's beard. Oh yes, <laughs> all... I've been doing that all winter. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love collecting. I, I mean, I have this huge jar full of it because um, I always, I always make sure I have a pocket to put it in. So when I'm walking, when I'm walking, so um, I'm also going to turn on a, an overhead light. Well, it's, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's me. <laughs> I, that's how it looks when I come home. I have so much lichen. And I, I, I collect it. To me, I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but I'm, I'm just collecting it for now. Um, and I, I always collect the one that's on the ground. That you know, it's on the ground. I feel that it's for me. So I thank, I thank the universe, the trees, Mother Earth for for leaving me these gifts. And I mean, that's a big part of my walk. I sure. come back with lichen. But it's and, you know, it's it's not something light either. So people say you find plants because those are the plants you need at that particular time. Exactly. And this lichen yeah. actually has a particular chemical in it that's highly antiviral. So I think yeah. with all the lichen and everything and the coronavirus, you know, maybe yeah. it's just screaming out, "Come, come get me!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so it, this is an ancient remedy they would use for antiviral. Yes, so maybe that's what I'm going to do because I. You know, I, I every time, and now my children. I when sometimes my children will, if they're up early enough, they'll go with me on a walk, mm -hmm. and my husband too. And they'll see there's lichen on the ground. They'll <laughs> grab it and give it to me. And I said, well, that was meant to be. Thank you. So they're my little lichen, lichen up. But that's a big part of my walk. I, it just feels good, and I feel that it's a gift for me. So I take it and I collect it, and. Um, then I, after I finish my work, walk and it's nice outside, I mean, it's, you know, summertime, I go spend time in my garden, um, which is my happy place. My, you know, we, we're lucky to have a very quiet wooded property and we have a nice sized garden. And it's nice because I can feel that I'm secluded, you know, which is to me important for my practice because I don't have the noise of the city. Um, we actually live in a suburb, so I don't have the noise, the distraction and noise of, you know, lots of cars going by and things like that. I mean, I've lived in that type of area once upon a time, but now I don't. But I put my energy and my, you know, my energy goes into my work in my garden. Um, I harvest, I give thanks. I spend time communicating with my, my plants. I touch them, I check them out, see their, how healthy they are, and I do feel that they, they, they're happy. I feel that my plants, they're happy, they're getting fed, they're getting taken care of and watered, and that's a big part of my day. And my garden is a no-stress zone. Mm -hmm. Everyone in my house knows that. I tell the kids, you cannot come in my garden running and screaming with, with, with you know, your water guns and your balls and stuff. <laughs> You're not allowed to come in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is my peaceful place. And they know it. They know it because they've had me bark at them many times. <laughs> many times. So they know that's, that's mommy's place. Um, my husband will, will only come in when I'm there. And he will sit on the, the stone bench. I have this beautiful stone bench with this clumping bamboo, beautiful bamboo um, plant. And um, he comes, he'll only go in there 
when when I go in there, I guess he's afraid. <laughs> afraid. Maybe I'll I'll get mad, but that everyone knows that's my place of peace. I, I there. There's the birds come visit me. You get to see all sorts of animals, and to me, there's so much magic in the in the garden. So much magic. So much communication. It's just it's beautiful, and I I I totally enjoy it. I love being there, and you know the 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 plants tell me what they want. They tell me um, how, how I should take care of them, what their problem is. And it may sound ridiculous to some people, but I, I really do have this communication with them. But that adds, that's, a, that's a big part of my morning. And that, that's a lot that happens, and it's not even noontime yet, but that's a lot that happens in my day. And I have this sort of relationship and partnership with the earth, like, you know, most witches do. We take care of them and in turn, you know, they, the, the mother earth, the universe provides food and, for my family that we can, you know, use to eat and not have to go to the store. Mm-hmm. So now throughout the day, um, I meditate. I do a lot of writing, journaling. I grimoire, I have a grimoire as well. And I leave offerings. Um, I have several off, off altars throughout our home, and I leave offerings. I either something that I grew, an herb that I grew, which to me, um, because it came from my hands and my energy and my work, I think it is very valuable and very important. And it's sort of like a sacrifice. So to me, it seems more of a. It seems like it's a legitimate offer. You know, I mean, back in the day, they probably than animals and things like that, but I don't do that. <laughs> so um, that's what I what I do during the day. And then at nighttime, I have a ritual that's after everyone has gone to sleep. Everyone, they, need, they go to sleep. I have a um, sort of a, a, a ritual prayer and gratitude to my ancestors and spirits, gods, goddesses, my guides. Um, you know, giving thanks for the day, for the lessons I've learned, and um, see how, and, and also asking if what I need help on. Also, this is a time when I, I do a lot of channeling as well. I allow messages to come in, and I have my little notebook and I write them. You know, I do automatic writing and things like that. So, and then I go to bed. <laughs> So that's my day, but it took a long time to come to get us. I had to see what works for me and being a mom and having children and, you know, and a wife and all that stuff. So I had to do what works for me. And this is what work. This is what works for me. I'll sneak in a spell or two in the day. I'll be, I'll mix, I'll, um, um, mix some herbs and store them and things like that so i guess i do get that in yeah that, that's a that's a lot in a to do in a day it really is and it's you know i mentioned this to you before and we do get so busy but you got to remember to make it part of your regular ritual you yeah. know find that ritual within the mundane itself because mm-hmm. if you just let it go by the wayside it's so hard to get back in that rhythm it really oh, is, it is. So, I mean, we, we get, we get, um, we feel, sometimes we feel, there are days when I feel, oh my goodness, I have to do it again. But, you know, it's the routine, it's to keep doing it and, and forcing myself to do it. And I say, well, you know, you know, you'll feel great once you do it. You know, you'll feel great afterwards. And I think of how I feel after, how I'll feel afterwards, what benefit I get from it. And that helps me to sort of, you know, do it. <laughs> Right. And when we ever, you know, I I talk with my clients about building healthy routines. Well, that's what it is. You become healthy when you have that routine. So I want to hear a little bit more from you what it means to be spiritually healthy. Okay. Um, Let's see. Hold on. Yeah. So it's a balance. Being being spiritually healthy. is a is a balance. It's a balance of all the all, all the selves, all the selves. Um, and spirituality is a very a, a big part of it. You know, it's ability, ability. Excuse me, the ability to heal and to be healthy both inside and outside. 
and also creating our own space within spirituality. What works for us. Um, what works for the other person doesn't work. May not work for me. And I see that a lot when you know comparing yourself to other people's spiritual practices. Oh, that person is doing it this way, so oh, they're doing so well, blah, blah, blah. But that works for them. That works for them. It, we need to adapt our own. We need to create a balance. And that's important. Oftentimes we find ourselves trying to mimic what we what guru and the latest guru is doing and well, a spokesperson or what have you. And we end up not sticking to it, losing hope and just crashing and just giving up. And then it, it's even harder to restart the next time. And having a balance of all the selves uh, means having the ability to address any unbalance, you know, that may be within the selves, you know, the emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, spiritual. And if we're not balanced, we will not be able to have a decent spiritual practice mm -hmm. because all of that energy from all our other selves is involved in the practice. Yes. So, and we also must have, you know, I think a spirit, important part of uh, being spiritually balanced is having a love of yourselves of, as they are, you know, as they, as they are, if they're, they're not perfect, but having a love of them, love them, love all the parts of yourself and the other self, respect and love the selves of the other person mm -hmm. as well. Any, someone else, you don't have to, you know, be all kumbaya and all of that, but you you should respect them because they are a spiritual being as well mm -hmm. okay um and we should realize that we are in essence spiritual beings having a physical experience and we're not perfect we're not perfect and we should respect that and love that and that we are all just vibrating at certain speeds you know so creating this this physical form which is just an illusion this, you know, our physical form is, is just an illusion. We are spirits and we should see past, try to try to see past our physical self, which is flawed as, as anything. And the next person's spiritual self and respect it, you know, um, uh, you know, in yoga, they namaste, or, you know, mm -hmm. respect the, your highest self or goddess in you or whatever. That, that's what we should we internalize, and when we meet someone, we, auto we automatically show them respect, and in turn, we respect ourselves. So, to me, um, you can't have a balanced spiritual self without having the other pieces balanced as well. Um, it's all working together as one unit, um, which reflects our own spirit. Yeah. Oh, that's beautifully said. I love that. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpack there, but I'm just going to have you, because we only have a little bit of time here, I want you to focus on some key practices that we could do every day to really feel or get more spiritually in tuned. Okay, well, the first thing we need to do, I think, is... Um, um, the first thing that we need to do is to um, change our mindset. That's that's the important thing to to get rid of doubt that's holding us back. Okay, doubt and uh, negative mindset, and um, we also should not. We should also prevent ourselves from allowing the way others see us and what we do as witches to dictate how we see ourselves in our own practice. And that's important because, you know, there's a lot of opinionated people out there and not all of them are good mm -hmm. in regards to the way they look at those who are who call themselves witches. And also making the time to practice is important. Setting aside the time and space to practice or thinking about practicing, you know, because you do have to think about it before you start it. Um, 
You don't need a whole lot of expensive tools. Uh, you really don't need to buy anything. I, I, I like to tell people, use what's around you. Get some sticks, you know, <laughs> recycle cloth. Um, um, you know, they're, they're powerful. It's, 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 the, the power comes from within, within the, the practitioner, the person who's practicing. So use your energy to infuse your powers within those items that you may find. I mean, you can rub stick with oil that you prayed over to make, make sacred. Uh, the same thing with cloths or cloth or anything else that you may find. You don't need, you don't have to, especially now with, uh, you know, we're in economically challenging times. It's maybe some people think it's hard for them to practice because they don't have the time nor the money. Well, you can change that by making some time, even if it's just start with little increments. You know, like if you're going to meditate, start with five minutes and find five minutes to meditate. It can be a walk. It can be sitting in a chair at work for five minutes on your lunch break, uh, anything. And then gradually move up a ritual. Think of a ritual you can do in 10 minutes. It can be a prayer. It can be a drumming. It can even, you can use your voice or use your voice to sing, to hum. All of those are necessary. It's about creativity, creativity. And when we um, go for our nature walks or sit quietly, um, that's when we can tap into that creative piece that we have. And you'll see it open. We just have to slow down. Our problem is that we are constantly, constantly on the go and we're, we're receiving so much information from media and, and we're not allowing ourselves that time and space to dedicate um, energy to our practice. And that's, that's important. Start small and do what you think works for you. Don't try to copy anyone else. Just do what fits your lifestyle. Sure. And I think you already kind of summed it up too, but, you know, getting rid of those barriers, right? That really prevent us from living right. our more full life. And yeah, you know, work schedules are obviously a big one here. Um, the money, which you just addressed, you don't really need money. And, you know, mention it with the lichen and everything, the, the things that we need around us, uh -huh. well, they're already there. We just need to go searching for them in many times and just have building that awareness around us nice. and incorporating them with intention. Um, but are right. there any other big barriers that you've, you've really encountered in your practice? Oh, plenty. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, there are, you know, I, I have, you know, I've dealt with people who um, thought I wasn't um, real enough for them. They, you know, there's always some, someone out there who has a superiority complex who thinks that um, the way they're doing it is the right way to do it. And everyone else is mm -hmm. not real. And that's discouraging. That's discouraging, especially to people who are new to witchcraft. They could be um, frightened away or doubt or doubting themselves. Uh, in, in, in the, when I first decided I would come out and announce to the world that this is me, I am a witch, doubt was a big barrier for me. I, I, I uh, and fear, fear of judgment. And, you know, what, what would people say if they found out, if they, when they know? I mean, I've lost friends and that's okay. They weren't friends in the first place. And that's okay. The people that are around me are the people that need to be around me. Um, so those were, and thinking that I didn't have the answers, which is a lot of, which is a big mistake of a lot of people, thinking that they have to go outside of themselves, that they have to pay someone to teach them. Um, I know we all have to put bread on the table and bring home money, but you don't really need to have to, and people are probably going to be very upset for me saying with this, but you really don't need to go and pay you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars to someone to teach you what you already know. It's just within, it's in all, it's in your DNA. It's in your ancestry. You go, everyone, you go back to the, the earliest people in your, your lineage or your, you go back and you will find it's there. It's there. You need that time to think about it, 
to communicate with your ancestors or and with those who come before the answers are not without yourself they are within and that's what we that's one thing that was a tough lesson for me to learn that i did not after wasting lots of money <laughs> you don't have to i didn't have to go searching for the answers yeah. they were right with inside of me yeah it, yeah, and the, the barrier, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because again, being doctor, being in the public education sphere, as I, as am I, you know, when I first mentioned that all of a sudden I'm going to come, you know, it wasn't all of a sudden, but to people it felt like that, because I hid, yes. and yep. I, I hid for a long time, because I'm like, I don't know how people are going to take this, and of course there's all these misconceptions, and just just bad misconceptions, you know, yeah. of what a witch the actually does. Negative. Very negative. And even now I still feel, even though it's become a lot more popular, and I, I love that, you know, people are embracing it more so. But there's still a lot of these negative attitudes around coming out spiritually, you know, mm -hmm. and really if it deviates, you know, we just need to find more room to really appreciate that kind of practice. Right. I, and I do like that more people are talking and more people are coming out. It's, it's encouraging. It's encouraging because I feel that the more of us who bond together and support one another, then the less impact the naysayers will have on us. I mean, we could sort of, you know, embrace all the new ones and all the, all everyone who is in our sphere and say, it's all right. I'm there with you. And having that supportive, Feeling is crucial to uh, people being able to practice and not feel fear of judgment or even attacks or anything. Absolutely. And the beauty about witchcraft is, is that it really does, you're right, people don't have to pay a lot of money, any money. I mean, it is within you and it's a way of honoring where you come from too. You know, right. and digging back and going deep into our roots, what our ancestors would have ate, what they were doing, how they were what they were wearing, everything is such an right. intimate feeling and connection and going back to the basics of what really matters and what they had to do to survive right. for, you know, for centuries. Right. I think it's such a fascinating uh, avenue to take in and there's just so much appreciation that we do need to build. Mm -hmm. So, and I know you work with this. I, you know, you have a, your, your own podcast as well, which I'm going to have you introduce at the end of this. Um, but I want you to really go over a little bit more ancestral magic or how you incorporate your ancestors into your magic. Well, um, you know, my family West came from West Africa here um, to, United, to America, United States. And um, with them, they brought their cultures and traditions. And I was very fortunate that my, my parents, um, they kept, you know, my family, they kept... They kept those traditions and they didn't know that they that they were anything that were special or unique. That's that's just what they knew. That's what they knew. And they and I was a very inquisitive child. So I sucked everything up like a sponge and I kept it. I, I thought it I, I knew that it wasn't what everyone else did. But like medicinal practices, I learned that I still use today. I still go in the forest and get pine needles and boil them for a tea. So when there's someone who's sick, I still, I still do that and it works. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so why not? Why stop? It works. Um, so I, I do that. And, um, I also, you know, I also continue to give my, my ancestors honor, uh, honor and offerings. And, um, I, I just, you know, just by, by trying to learn from them and trying to incorporate all of that stuff in my practice. I also tried to teach my children are very curious. So I, they ask questions and I tell them, I, I have taught them some of my ancestral, you know, my, my ways that I've learned through my, um, family, through my family. And, um, you know, not, you know, that's, that's very, it's very important to me to hang on to that, to incorporate it all into, into my practice. And 
I use those. I, I use the medicine. I use, and it's very interesting because I didn't know that it was, um, when I was a kid, I didn't know that it was anything that was special, that it was witchcraft. I just knew that it wasn't what my peers were doing. And so um, there were sometimes that some of my peers found out, why are you doing that? Why are you taking that medicine? Blah, blah, blah. And then I would tell them and they would, you know, start calling me Satanist and mm. <laughs> all those awful terms. But I do use that in, uh, I use my, I use it, use it in my practice. I use it in my life. I use it to help heal my, my, my kids when they're sick, all sorts of things that I'm glad that they work and I'm glad that I'm able to share them. So, you know, my children, when they have children, they'll remember that and pass it down. And that's a way of, of preserving, of preserving the sacredness of the, uh, our West African, um, traditions and culture and witchcraft. Sure. Would you uh, dive into maybe a little bit more of your, uh, some of these practices? Sure. Um, hmm. Let's think of something. Well, there's, there's just common things that we do. For instance, um, we like to use, a lot of people use whisk brooms, but you know, when my, my great aunt, she had this little, and I've gone there. She had this little, you know, one level house you know, that you could see, stand at the door and see the end of the house, you know, <laughs> you see the end of the house. And it was important to get rid of dirt, to get rid of dirt with the whisk. It was important. And it was because dirt, what people carry with them, they carry energy from you don't know where. You don't know where. And so it was very important to get that out of the house, to get, get out the house. Sometimes um, they'd have you take your shoes off before you enter. I do that now. We do not, I've done it all my life. Um, the first thing, first um, prerequisite for my husband <laughs> before marriage, I told him, you can't come in the house with shoes on. You cannot <laughs> come on in the house with shoes on. You have to leave them outside. That's it. Mm-hmm. And and then it explains to him that that dirt carries energy and you don't know what type of energy that it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to get it out your house. You know, my, my, my um, was always very, was very preoccupied with negative spirits and with unfavorable entities entering their, their sphere, their protected home, their bubble, and they took great care to get rid of it. I mean, a lot of people say it was superstitious, but we believed in it. I still do. I believe in it. Mm-hmm. I, it is totally important for me to make sure any dirt, you know, any dirt that comes in, you know, you don't know where that person walked. You don't know what entities are in that dirt that's going into your house. So my, my great aunt would Whisk, 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 all the time. The floor, you know, before vacuums. Whisk, 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 uh, to get it out. And then you went another thing that I do, which is probably not not unique to um, West Africa, but when you have a visitor in your to your home, after they leave, you need to cleanse the air. Mm-hmm. You you don't know what has what entity has attached yourself attached themselves to that person. And you, and the person probably is not even aware of it either, either. Um, so we would, we would um, burn whatever we had, what herbs we had. I mean, now the sage, so people burn sage and Palo Santo, whatever, and, and drum and pray. I mean, the drumming and the rattling just to, to pray. I mean, it was pretty intense. My, my relatives do it. I don't do it that intense because I just don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, the rattling and the, just to get it out. I mean, it was a pretty, uh, pretty intense production there to expel whatever entity that didn't belong there out of uh, the home, out of the home. I mean, there was a 
and also, um, yeah, there was, uh, I mean, I, we did, I just, I, I, again, I, I'm not sure if other people practice this as, as well, um, but burying um, dirt from the, sacred dirt from the crossroads of the four directions, mm. in, at the, in four directions outside your home. You know, you walk, you go to the crossroads, you walk up to, the, you know, each direction, you collect some dirt, and then to the next direction, collect dirt, and so on and so forth. And you take that home. And um, after you've, you know, petitioned the spirits to help you and to protect you, whatever you ask them for, go to your home and you plant it in the four corners of your, your outside your home. And that's supposed to shield you from negative, from unfavorable entities as well. My brother, one of my brothers, my older brother had told me, um, he says this a lot, that you can feel, which I have experienced this as well, a spirit walking outside your home. They can't enter if it's protected, but you can feel them. And I have, I have felt them. It was very, it was a very chilling feeling. It felt cold. I mean, my whole body felt cold and the area of the house I was sitting in was cold, but they couldn't enter because I had protected the, the house. Um, we protect, I protect the home uh, also by salt mm -hmm. um, that I've prayed over and also black salt yes. as well. We have that as well. So there's oodles and oodles of things that I, that I, that I do, and especially now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, well, here's another one. Here's another one. Yeah. So, and that goes back to maintenance, too. When you think about cleansing yeah. your home or even placing salt within your home, you got to right. change that out on a regular basis. So, you know, finding yeah. routines back again. Um, yeah. But yeah, salt cleanses, floor washes. I kept thinking about when you were talking about sweeping. But I mean, there's very practical applications to that. You think right. about all the junk and germs and bacteria that's yes. brought in from the bottom of people's shoes. And I right. love the way, you know, and this is the beauty of spirituality is conceptualizing things that really do do us harm. And yes, energies are very relevant. Energies are real, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh -huh. I, yeah, I mean, I love those practices. I love hearing about those. Um, so I did want to talk to you a little bit too part of this ancestral magic and I have an altar. I don't know if you have an altar or any practices you want to share regarding that. I do. I have, um, so I have a couple of altars in my home. I have one that uh, I have dedicated to, um, gods and goddesses that have appeared to me, um, appeared to me. Um, one night I'll give you a quick, I'll quickly explain one to you. Uh, one night I, and bay leaves, because we believe if you have dry, dry bay leaves and you place them under your pillow, you'll have um, lucid spiritual dream or, you know, it'll open a, a gateway for you to have a very strong communication with whatever spirit, uh, you, you know, that it's coming through. So I did that one night because I wanted some more insight and I started and I kid you not, my stomach felt very sick right away. I felt so nauseous and sick and it was nothing wrong. It just suddenly came, overcame me and I was lying in bed and I looked, I have a, a, a like a massage chair in our bedroom and I looked over it and I saw, uh, saw Kanunas, Kanunas. And the horn god saw him there. I, and I was very shocked to have him appear to me. Because I've never, I really, he wasn't, I really didn't study him a lot or read about him. Or, I knew who he was, but he appeared. And you know, I, I imagined that, you know, he was, I was getting the feeling that Earth was sick and, they, and Earth needs stewards, more stewards to help care for her and things like that. So he guides me quite a lot to communicate with him often. Oshun also appeared to me. So I have altars for them. I wasn't looking for them to appear. They just decided to come during my nighttime ritual. Uh, Oshun 
made herself known to me. Oshun made, her, made herself known to me. So I have altars for them where I leave offerings and things that they like, and I petition them as well. I also have my um, ancestral altar where I have things that remind me of my, my ancestors. Uh, whether it be little uh, you know pictures from the internet I printed out or or photographs or cowrie shells or anything and I put them on that altar as well and then I, I have one in my workroom which I think is very important for me to have an altar in my workroom that I just go to meditate and it's sort of like a general altar where I, I, there's a Satra Buddha there's all, all sorts of other things there where I also leave offerings um, and then I went outside, went outside where I leave all offerings as, as well for the um, nature spirits. So I have some everywhere. Oh, <laughs> everywhere. Great. They all seem to have a purpose. But um, yeah, and it, it, it's, 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 they're simple. They're not very complex. I love that. Okay, so before we wrap up, uh, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. But I want, oh, my pleasure. I want you to tell people where they can find you, what projects you're up to, and just, yeah, where to find you. Well, the two best places to find me and everything about me is um, my, uh, my um, website, which is CandiceNadineGreen.com. And then there's another one that will link you to everything I do, and it's called Magic, with a K, and Medicine.blogspot.com. And that has... Everything else that I'm doing, the podcast, the the arts, you know, the art, the artwork, everything that you can, you know, look at and go through. Um, I am constantly writing. Well, I, I'm always writing, so I always have writing projects. And recently, even last night, last night I woke up at like three something in the morning, and I. You know, it wasn't my own voice. I banged out a five-page short story, um, and that's why I'm so tired probably during the day. But uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm working on writing projects. I'm trying to do more magical art and more magical uh, fiction, actually. So and I'm also uh, also um, I also have my Etsy store where I sell a lot of herbs, uh, dried herbs and magical mixtures and things as well as like altar cloths and things like that because I enjoy creating and I don't want to keep everything. So that's what I, I do. So mm-hmm. I'm always working on my podcast, always, always doing that as well. So I'm always busy. Yes. Always busy. So can you give listeners the full name of your podcast and on what platforms it's on? Yes, it's called It's All Good, <laughs> Magic, Mysticism, and Earth Medicine. And you can find it on Apple, Spotify, and Podbean. Okay. All right. And iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Candace. This has been an absolute pleasure, joy. And yeah. I learned so much from you. So, again, My thank pleasure. you. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you, Breen. Thank you so much for listening in on the Health Witch Podcast. This is Dr. Ashley Bissonette-Murphy. I am looking forward to the next podcast. Stay tuned. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Each review helps other listeners find this podcast. Be well, witches.